You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. So, like, thank you so much, Pastor Saints, for this opportunity to share the gospel. Uh, I, I'm just, I believe I have the greatest job in the entire world, and uh, that is getting to work with phenomenal people, and at the end of the day, getting to see lives change. So, uh, I'm just blessed to get to do this. But today, I can see that you weathered the blizzard of 2016, and you made it here. Amen. I wasn't sure. I, I, you know, I knew it was really cold when I went to the crew room back there, and it looked like everybody was had their kids auditioning for the Michelin Man. They were so bundled up and everything. But uh, I'm so glad that you made it. I, uh, another reason. Let me give you real quick reasons, and I think I told y'all this the other day. But uh, why being fat's awesome. Number one, they don't like to kidnap fat people. Number two, when it's cold outside. Fat's good. And number three, they can't find my neck if they want to cut it. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> I think I think in the house of God we should have fun. Amen. Amen. So, but today, how many of you have been in like really loving clean slate series? Amen. Uh, just Pastor Pastor Saints, he's just been preaching that fire every Sunday. Matter of fact, we had a conversation the other day. He said, Josh, I'm going to try to do everything to, to make it successful for you. I said, well, won't you just preach a horrible one and then let me come behind you. He said, I love you, but I don't know if I love you that much. So, uh, But uh, he's just been preaching some phenomenal messages. If you've missed any of those, please log on to YouTube. Check them out. Uh, We were talking the other day about nobody really watches anything live anymore, but we watch all recorded. So go back and watch it and watch it again and again and again because it's still a life-changing word every time it's spoken. Amen? But I want to continue down that same road today, and uh, Pastor Aaron, I promise you, I did not tell him this was going to be a masterpiece. I'm not sure where he got his confusion from. But the message today is a mess to a masterpiece, and I want to go down the same road as on this clean slate path. I want you to lean over to your neighbor and say, mmm, you sure look good. Only if that's your spouse. If you're single, go ahead and give it a try. Say, mmm, your masterpiece. Jesus sure knew what he was doing. Now, if that wasn't your spouse, or you, you, you better be careful. So, uh, but, you know, I, I, today I want to talk about being a masterpiece, and I want to talk about God's process through this, all, through this, through this system and, and that we're talking about in Clean Slate. And uh, how many of you in here just ever made a mess of life? You just made a mess of a situation. You're the clumsy one. Like you would never make it as a waitress or a waiter. One time we were in uh, Ocala at a steak and shake. Uh, This lady, I think she had two left feet and uh, two left hands because she she walked up there and nothing tripped her, but she dumped a whole glass of sweet tea right in my lap. And I was thinking to myself, there's probably other jobs for you, but this ain't one, honey. But uh, I've made some messes in my own life, and I want to share some of those with you. You may have heard this story, but it's a good story. Well, not for the three people that's in the story. Way back in the day, 
That's hard to say when you're 29, but 28. Oh, man, I am getting old. So, but uh, one day, uh, my beautiful wife, Ashley, and uh, my, my friend, Adam, we decided we were going to go fishing. So we loaded up the boat, Pastor's John boat, and we go to Burnt Fort, and we go to put in. And I happen to look at the back of the boat, and I see this caution sign. It says, max weight limit, 500 pounds. Listen, when you fat, you look for these things. It could, it could possibly be your demise. That's why I don't have to go skydiving. They don't make rigs big enough for me. But I said, Adam. He said, oh, man, we're good. I think he was just trying to be nice and make me feel skinny. But he was like, we're good, man, we're good. So we get in the boat, and we're driving. And the, our seating arrangements at first was where I was almost taking on water. So we had to maneuver. And so we had to get Ashley at the front, you know, and I had to stay right in the middle. And, and so we couldn't go real fast. Or the, you, get, well, you get the drift here. So we get there, and we've always went fishing with other people that knew how to do this stuff. And so we're fishing, and we are passing these people, and they're like right up against the bank, and their boat's staying still, their boat's not moving, and they're catching fish. We get to the place that we look like it's got to be fish heaven. Well, after about six lures that we left in the trees, we figured that wasn't the place for us. So uh, we tried somewhere else, but we did not know how to use this trolling motor. And so every time we would get to fishing and we think we was catching something, the next thing we'd turn around and we was in the bank or somewhere else. And I remember this one time that the trolling motor, we, we was fishing and not paying attention. And the next thing I hear is a loud scream from Ashley. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. The boat had drifted under this tree that was laying. And Ashley's like laying down in the bottom of the boat, and she can't go nowhere. And Adam, he's, he's back there frozen. I'm like, if I make too many movements, we're going in like Jonah in the water. And, and to make it all the worse, this man comes by with a bass boat, and he's like just smiling at us. And I'm like, what are you smiling at? And I'm thinking to myself this whole time, I know what he's saying. Man. That's a messed up situation. <laughs> Long story short, I think we caught one fish that day, lost six lures, about lost our lives, but we did not fall in the water. But that's my messy situation that I can remember very vividly. But then came raising children. And then I found out that uh, this happens. This is my beautiful daughter, Kennedy. And the legs are her sister that's five years old. So, listen, I thought I knew about messes until I came in contact with a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And let me just tell you this, parents, and you probably already know this, but just in case you don't, if at any time when you have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and silence goes across your house, they are not praying. <laughs> let me remind you of that. So the other night after DSM, we were... Uh, we're, we went out to eat and came home watching some television. It goes quiet. My little nephew's there and Braley and Kennedy. And the next thing I know, I was like, hey, guys, they're being way too quiet. We need to go check on them. We walk in the room, and Kennedy has found the markers 
that Braylee uses for her homework, and she decided that she wanted to work for Clinique or whoever else does makeup. Because as you can see, she tried to give herself some eyeliner. And uh, Braylee over there, I think she wanted tattoos a little before she was supposed to have them. But I can tell you this. I've been in this life long enough to know that there are a lot of messes in life. Amen? And these are just a few. I have a whole lot. And you know what? The truth is we probably all got stories in here about messes in our life. And maybe you, don't, maybe you can't sympathize with me about the fishing story because you, you're awesome. You don't, you, when you fish, you catch. It, you shouldn't, it should just be called catching for you, not even fishing. Or maybe you're in here and you're like, Pastor Josh, no, I had angels. My kids wouldn't do that. All right. I said those same things, too. But maybe you can't sympathize with that, but maybe you can sympathize with this guy, Mr. Mayhem. I'm your GPS. Turn right up ahead. You never update me, so now I just have to wing it. All right, man, turn left up ahead. Recalculating. Turn right now! <laughs> and your cut rate insurance may not pay for all this, so get all state. You can save money and be better protected from mayhem. Like me. Recalculating. Mayhem is everywhere. So get an Allstate agent. Are you in good hands? Y'all know Mr. Mayhem, and he's got a million commercials about some messes that we get ourselves into. And I can tell you this. If you want to challenge your marriage, go on a road trip. And give, give your wife that cell phone and tell her to be the navigator. And you'll find out real quick how strong your marriage is. And you'll learn about patience and kindness when you have to miss that exit and do a 30-mile I've never been there, but I'm just saying. But that recalculating in life, I, I mean, I'm telling you, my phone, I've been through some places, and I'm like, I think a four-wheeler just came through here, but I was just believing what the GPS said, amen? But, uh, you know, today, guys... That, that thing, that video closed with this one question, and that's why I showed it. It says, are you in good hands? I want to drop an O and say, you're in God's hands. Amen? Through all the messy situations in life, you're in God's hands today. And today, that's what I want to talk about. I want you to be honest with me. I value honesty. And how many of you would say, Pastor Josh... There's a million messes that I've had on the outward part of my life, but today, behind this smile, behind this suit, behind this tie, it's some messes that you don't see. It's some messes that I really need God to touch. Some things in my life that I need, only God knows how to fix. Because, just be honest with me. We are all human. Life is hard. And it's sometimes there's messes in our life. Amen? You, but you see, today I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to show you in Ephesians chapter 2 how God can take our messes and how He can turn them into masterpieces. And how, how God in Ephesians chapter 2 restored a clean slate to humanity. So if you've got your Bible, let's, let's, go, let's journey on over there and open this up. And I'm going to read Ephesians 2 verse 10. And then I'm going I'm to, for the sake of time, I'm going to highlight some other parts of this chapter. 
So Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Jesus Christ so that we can do good things that he's planned for us long ago. Let's pray over the word today. Father, I ask you to take me, hide me behind the cross. God, that you would let this word become living and real. Father, I ask you to remove all distractions here today. Lord, that they would focus on you, not this man that's standing up here preaching. But God, I ask for the anointing to rest upon this word. And God, when they leave here, they wouldn't leave here not, not understanding, Father Lord, but they would leave here with an understanding of your word and an application. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today I want to, this morning I want to share with you three realities out of Ephesians chapter 10 that will make us into what God wants us to be. And the first reality is this, don't let your mess label you. Don't let your mess label you. You see, Paul begins to address us in Ephesians 2. And this is what he says, the first verse here in Ephesians 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. Our label was death. Sin had brought death to us. Can I tell you that the messes that the worst messes I found in my life is when I said no to God and yes to the world. Amen. When I desired the pleasures of sin more than the presence of God. And see, the thing is today, I want you to understand that we all have messes because there was always, from the beginning of humanity, this sin thing that came into us. There was this sin thing that when Adam and Eve took, took of that fruit, sin entered us. But Jesus Christ right here, Paul begins to tell us that we were dead to sin and we were without hope. That's a scary place to be. But can I show you, and this is what I love about the Bible. Can I show you what verse Ephesians 2, 4, 5 says? But God, who is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved today. Amen? Jesus showed up and he said, the label says dead. The toe tag says they're gone. They said, Satan began to call all of his friends and say there's no hope. But what Jesus did on the day that he was buried, he went to the lower parts of hell and he said, listen, I'm coming to restore what you think you stole. And what he showed up with and he said, let me take that label of death off and let me give you life. Amen. Because of mercy and because of grace. You see, today, we can all walk around and we can, let our, we can let our mess become our identity. We can let our mess be, be label us. Some of us can walk around with addiction and we begin to think, this is what I'll always be, this is what I'll always work in. But verse 4 says, but God. Amen. But God. You know what, I may, be, I may have had some addictions in my life, but God is an overcomer. God hasn't left me, and he won't leave me. 
See, our identity could be in our unforgiveness. We could feel entitlement. And we could, we could walk around with a sad face all the time. And we could never trust nobody because of the unforgiveness that we have in our heart. Because our mess can become our identity. It can, we can let it label us. You see, may, maybe it's lust. Maybe, maybe you're in here today and you're like, Pastor Josh, that pornography... It's wearing it's where my life out. It's killing me. Can I tell you today that your mess don't have to be your identity? Can I tell you today that Jesus says, let me show you love and not lust. Let me show you what love is. Love says I'll lay down my life for you. Lust says just give me one night. Love says it's all about him and not about me. And I want to tell you in here today that I believe that some of us have allowed these things that wrap us up in this mess of life to become our identity. You see, maybe, maybe you could have the label of being a bad parent. Why'd you have to go there, Pastor Josh? Because you think it'll always be this way. And so your identity comes in that I'm a bad parent. I'm a bad mom. I care more about other men than I did about my children. Uh, Dad, I care more about I care more about my job than I did my kids. Statistics tell us that 95% of the people say that family is important to them. But they say on average that less than 10% of fathers spend over five minutes a day in direct contact with their children. And we wonder why our prison systems are filled up. I'm not here to beat on you dads. What I'm here to tell you is, don't let your mess be your identity. God can restore in one moment what the enemy has tried to take away in a lifetime. He can restore that relationship. Pick up that phone. Call that daughter. Call that son. Tell him you're sorry. Tell him you love him. Because you know what? He loves you. And he cares for you. And he don't want you to have to live under that identity. And that label. And I'm a bad parent. My question to you today is this. What areas of your life do you need the but God in? Is it your marriage? We come and we sit down and we smile. Can I tell you what was awesome about today? Ashley and I being in ministry is very rare and a lot of other ministry couples know this. It's very rare that we get to sit and worship together because one person may have to be here and one person may be there. But today I cherish just being in the presence of God with my wife right by my side. Amen? That's a, that's a good place to start with the but God. Just get in His presence. Spend some time worshiping Him. Spend some time. Maybe you're married. Maybe, maybe Facebook. Everybody thinks Facebook's good. Hmm. Hey, hashtag struggles, a life group. I'm gonna be leading. It's amazing how we take a, how we take how we take the highlight reels of other people and we compare them to the backstage to ours. That's that's what hashtag struggles is about. 
And see, the truth is, some of you in here, you can put on Facebook and you can make people think you're awesome and you're great. But the truth is, you need God in your marriage because without Him, it's going to fall apart. So I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be here. I don't want to have to sit and say, you know what? I, I'm sorry that you couldn't work it out. But I want to tell you today that that God is working on your behalf, and a divorce does not have to be your identity. Maybe it's. Maybe it's finances. I don't get to talk about this in DSM. But, may, but maybe, maybe we need the, but God to show up. We, we, we need God to show up in our finances. And we, we don't want to be labeled. I don't always want to be broke. I don't always want to be the borrower. One day I want to be the lender. Amen? I don't always want to have to have credit card debt over my head. And I don't want to have a car payment all the time. So you know what? I ain't going to speak that. I'm going to begin to speak what God says I am. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to give him my offering. I'm going to work hard. Because I don't want my mess to label me. And maybe, you know, what I love, I love about the Bible is it begins to show us. If we search it out, it begins to show us people that understood this principle. I, I love the prodigal son out of Luke chapter 15. You see, the prodigal son took all his daddy's money and wasted it away. I, I was talking with pastor the other day. Some of you have been asking God for blessings. But blessings without maturity equals a mess. I'm going to give you an instance. My daughter wants a car. Bradley's five years old. I'm going to probably give her a car when she's 16. But if I give her a car right now, that's a blessing. But she's not mature enough to have it. And some of you are getting mad with God because he hasn't given you what you've been asking for. But he knows you can't handle it. So... This, this, rich, or this young man took all of his daddy's money and said, Listen, daddy, I'm going to go away. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he went away and he made some bad, stupid decisions. And he spent all of his money partying. And he spent all of his money on girls. And, and he spent all of his money on alcohol and drugs. And all of those things. And he found himself sitting in a pit. He found himself looking at hog's food and saying it looks good. It's amazing where our mess can take us. But I believe sometimes our mess will drive us to the place that we will understand that God is all that we have. But can I tell you what I love about this story? That young man that had spent all of his money poor in a pig pen lifted up his eyes and said... I am more than this mess. Amen. I got a daddy on the other side, and I'm not sure if he's going to take me back like I'm his son, but I know this, that he'll still love me, and he'll still care for me. And some of you, you need to understand that you're more than the mess. You're more than the addiction. You're more than the lust. You're more than the pornography. You're more than all of that today. But some of you need to lift up your eyes and say, Daddy, I'm coming home. Some of you just need to, can I tell y'all this, and some of y'all get it, some of you won't. The prodigal son understood one thing. Unlike Justin Bieber, it wasn't too late to say, I'm sorry. (laughs) And it's not too late to say you're sorry. It's not too late to say, Daddy, I took the money, and I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, but just come back home, because he'll take the mess and make it into a masterpiece. 
And then over in Mark chapter 5, you see, there's a woman. And I'd always identify her the wrong way. I'd always identify her by her mess. It says the woman with the issue of blood. But today, I'm going to identify her the way God's seen her. The healed woman. The healed woman. See, I, I heard a, I, I had this sickness, and, and I want to tell you, some of you, just like the prodigal son, you're in messes because of your decisions, but there's some of you, you're in messes, and it wasn't none of your choices, but you're in a mess. And this woman had an issue of blood for over 12 years. She had spent all her money on doctors. She had spent all her money trying to figure out what the issue was. And at the end of the day, she was still sick. She was still in her mess. But she heard about Jesus. She, but God. And she said, you know what? I, 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 don't, I know I'm not supposed to be there. I'm ceremonially unclean. And you know what? They, they could kick me out. And they, but I'm, I'm coming to a man named Jesus because I heard he can take the mess and turn it into a mess. Masterpiece. I heard that he can give me healing. And I want to tell some of you in here today, it's when desperation rises up in you and you say, I don't want to be labeled like this no more. I don't want to be labeled by my past. I don't, I don't want to be labeled by my failures. I don't want to be labeled by my hurt. And I'm sorry if I get loud. Whew. But today, you've got to make the decision. You've got to make the choice. So the first reality is this. That, that we shouldn't let our mess label us. This is a hundred dollar bill. I didn't have it in my pocket. I had to borrow it from Stanley. <laughs> and, and he told me he was going to take interest. I had to give him ten dollars more when I gave it back. And I, I'm taking this illustration from Jensen. I wasn't smart enough to come up with this. But can I tell you, some of you, you believe your mess is greater than the masterpiece that God's created you. But this $100 bill that went to the crack house, and it went to the hand of the prostitute, or if it went down to the local bar, to buy all the alcohol, to put all your pains away. Or if it went to the strip club to fulfill your lust. The value is still the same. It's still the same. Amen. Amen. It's still the same. Your mess is not your value. What you've been through hasn't changed your value. What you're going through hasn't changed your value. He still created you, and it leads me right on into my second reality today, is that you are more than a masterpiece. Amen? That you are more than a masterpiece. And I love this. I love being under good preaching like Pastor Mike. Because he, the one word that, that we love around here is ruach. Because you were created when, when Jesus formed that dirt together. And he laid it out. And it was just dead and lifeless. But he took the ruach, the breath of Almighty God. And he just blew into the lungs and man began, heart began to beat. And he said, that is the masterpiece. That is who I love. That is who I'm coming for. Amen. You are more than a masterpiece, my friend. You were created in his image. And can I tell you about that? When you were created in his image, you know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to destroy that image. 
any way he can. Any way he can. You see, the devil comes up and he begins to whisper in your ear and he begins to tell you your value is not what it, what it used to be. He begins to whisper in your ear and he says, if you really love God, how can you do this? And if you really love God, how can you sit in church with all that sin inside of you? And he just begins to whisper because he knows if he can tear away from that masterpiece, if he can begin to make you look in the mirror and see yourself, then he's beginning to win. But when he can look, when you look in the mirror, and you begin to say, I don't see Josh Cribbs, but I see Jesus Christ, him high and lifted up. Amen. Whoo. Listen today. You are a masterpiece. Stop trying to be somebody else. Your friends need you. Daddy, your daughters need you. Mama, your sons need you. Why did you mix those up? Because daddy, show that young lady what a, how a real man's supposed to treat her. Mama, show that young man how a real woman's supposed to treat her husband and love on them. Because one day, I, I, I just want one day, and I don't know if it'll be said, but I just want one day when my daughter say, I just want a man like my daddy. That's what my prayer is every morning. God, let me be the best daddy and show them how to be the best husband to their mother. Because God understands this. He needs me to be me. I don't need to be the CEO. I don't need to put a million dollars in their trust fund. If it happens, it happens. But they need me to pray with them at night. They need me to care for them. They need me to love on them. They need me to hold them. And you know what? Now, I'm going to move over here. Some of you might not have children. Listen, that young man at work, he needs you. I remember working at the city. And you know what? When they find out you're a pastor, Lord Jesus, they'll start to, they'll start to make fun of you so bad. They told me I was the, I, I was the deep pocket preacher. I was all about the money. I, they, they called me all these things. But can I tell you this? I didn't change who I was, but when somebody got sick or somebody needed Jesus, who would they call? They would call on the person that they knew was the same. Amen? So, so just keep living that way for them. Be that masterpiece for them. Amen? Your church needs you. There's spots all throughout this church right now that God created just for you. Not me. For you. Could you see me? I'm going to put another plug in. Could you see me playing this keyboard? No. If you're, good at if you're a good musician, speak to Pastor Adam. You. We, we, ooh, it'd be bad. Jesus, we, we would be going to more church service than Jesus because he wouldn't be here if I had to play the keyboard. <laughs> it just happened. I'm just telling you. But can I tell you today, we need to live like the masterpiece. We need to live like it. You know those Christians, they walk around, look like their cat got ran over. Look like, look like they ran out of milk and had to put water in their Cheerios. I ain't eating Cheerios if I got to do that. Matter of fact, I ain't eating Cheerios, period. I like the fat stuff. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You get my drift. Pancakes with a lot of syrup, butter, peanut butter. Oh, bless you, Jesus. Y'all can tell I'm getting hungry up in here. But the thing is, we, we Christians, we walk around with... Jesus loves me. Well, live like it. 
Walk with your head up high. I tell, I tell my daughters, you know, there's a difference between being humble and having humility and just being the scum of the earth. Because sometimes we walk around, Jesus, we ain't worthy. Listen, if my daughters walk around that way, I'm going to wear them behind out because those are my children. They better perk their head up high. They better walk and say, I am great and I am mighty. And some of us, some of you, some of you, I'm going to preach to your men because the Lord kept me up last night keeping this point in my mind. There's some of you men right now, you're talking, I'm talking about this masterpiece, and you're, th- you're thinking I'm talking about women. You, you don't view yourself, you're too manly to be masterpiece. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a work of art. Metal. Be whatever you want to be, but value yourself the way he values you. Amen. But today, the truth is, some of you, I know that I'm preaching my heart out. And there's some of you in here right now that you're still not believing what I'm saying. You still don't believe that you're more than your mess. You still don't believe that you're, that you're a masterpiece. And I hope that this next illustration can show you God's love for you. If you don't mind, please turn your attention to the screen. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? (sighs) Yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running. I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, Maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel. No, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. 
like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, you compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust? No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things or life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years. These empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning. I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah. But you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... 
I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. Just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh, my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at that as a, as a prison. But look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy?
Tommy is God. No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you. But maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. So are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Amen. That's that's the love that Jesus Christ gave for us. I'm gonna ask you to stand in here today. I'm going to ask our lighting guys to turn the house lights down. So I'm about to ask some questions that are going to kind of get personal. The third reality today is this. That you were made for a mission. Ephesians 2.10 tells us we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance a long time ago. Listen. Some of you right now, you feel just like this young man. You feel like your mess has made you useless. You feel like your sin has isolated you. You feel... You do not feel like the masterpiece that we're talking about here today. But can I tell you this? That God, when He formed you, when He made you, He made you for a mission, my friend. He made you to do good works. This whole Clean Slate series, let me tell you the difference about Jesus Christ, the artist. He don't make art to hang on the wall. But he makes masterpieces that will fulfill his purpose and his mission. And he created every single one of you in here today. But I want to close with this. Because I didn't understand this whole Christianity thing until I found out that there was a purpose for me. And I told our teenagers last Sunday night, when I found out what my purpose was, I stopped having to fake it. I stopped having to walk around and act like I knew Jesus Christ personally. But when I understood that I was created to be more than just a pew sitter, when I was created to be more than just somebody that walked into church doors and put a smile on their face, and I love our seniors, but they would pat me on the back and they would tell me how awesome and how great I was, but on the inside, there was messes all in my life. There was things that was killing me but when I found my purpose in Jesus Christ no my life wasn't void of messes but what it gave me was it gave me this purpose that when I looked at that mess I said you know what God made me for more than that amen and it's the same way with some of you in here today I want to close with this story because I believe this is what Jesus Christ is saying here today my daughter Braley when she was about three years old, we had bought this uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse toy. And for some reason, the front door would always fall off of it. And she would always bring it to me and she'd say, Daddy, fix it. Daddy, fix it.
fix it. She always brought me the pieces and I could fix it. But one day she came and she said, Daddy, fix it. And she just handed me the house and I didn't have the door. And I thought to myself, how many times do we come to Jesus Christ and we say, fix it. But we won't bring everything. You see, I told her that day, baby, I can't fix it unless I have everything. And that's what some of you in here today, you're trying to hold back. You're trying to have dignity. You're trying to have all these things. But the truth is, Jesus Christ is asking you today, do you really want me to fix it? Do you really want me to take this mess and make it into a masterpiece? Because if you do, bring me everything. Bring me everything. I believe Jesus Christ is standing right here, right now. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I believe he's saying, I'll trade you. I'll trade you. I'll take your mess. I'll take your sin. I'll take your lust. I'll take your pornography. I'll take your finances. I'll take your bad marriage. And I'll give you a masterpiece. But bring me everything. Bring me everything. Don't hold nothing back here today. I'm going to ask you as I count to three. This message is spoke to you and you need to give God some things here today so that he can make that mess into a masterpiece. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and move to this altar. One, two, three. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Josh, this message is spoke to me. There's some messes. There's some messes. Don't worry about what the person next to you is going to think. He's asking for all of it, my friend. He's asking for all of it. Will you give it? Will you give it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I know there's more in here this morning. I know there's more. I know there's some that you're holding back and you're trying to say, with all dignity, Josh, I don't want people to know I got messes. Well, you know what? Go ahead and stay in your seat. But when when you stand before God, don't blame it on me. Don't blame it on me. When you stand before God, those people that are standing around you that's holding you back right now, see where they'll be at. I'm not giving you a guilt trip, but what I'm saying is, what I'm preaching today is this, that Jesus Christ is here today to make your mess into a masterpiece. And you don't have to leave here under the same condemnation, under the same burden, under the same hurt. I'm going to ask our leaders, guys, and our pastors, if you'll begin to come in and pray. And as Adam sings this song, let's just get a hold of God and ask Him to move today. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.